Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. That is right. Kellen Moore is back in the NFC East and Cowboys Nation has mixed feelings. How should fans feel about the return of the Cowboys' former offensive coordinator as he joins the Philadelphia Eagles? We'll talk about that, and we will also react to the couple of badass championship games that we just witnessed on Sunday. So, ladies and gentlemen, let's get to it. Here we go. What is up, everyone, and welcome into ADZ Sports Dallas Primetime. I am your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network. With a lot more content coming your way, make sure that you check out adzsports.com slash Dallas. And as always, do me a favor and hit the like button for me if you enjoy the show. Welcome, everyone, on a Sunday night. We are kicking this show off a little bit later than usual because, as I said on Thursday, man, I was not about to interrupt your evening of watching conference championship games with my primetime show because, obviously, I know you wanted to watch the games. I wanted to watch the games, so I thought it would be fun to jump on after the games were over, and that way we could even discuss a little bit of what we had just seen. And we will in several levels. Not only we will talk about the game, but we will also get into specifically this guy over here, Ben Johnson, and what I think today meant for his chances of going to the Washington Commanders as head coach, which obviously pertains to the Cowboys very much as that is the division that they will be trying to win again in 2024, this time with improved playoff results, obviously. Uh, but in the meantime, though, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, let's get into it, and let's talk a little bit about the latest Kellen Moore news here. And actually, man, okay, now, man, I, I got to be patient here because I want to dive right into some of the Dan Campbell discourse uh, that I can already see forming a little bit in the YouTube chat uh, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna get started with that a little bit quickly, man. We can circle back to the game, but I'm I'm seeing the the Campbell discourse now in the chat, and I gotta chime in. I, I'm I'm telling you, man. Stevie Mac says Detroit should Detroit should consider firing Campbell and promoting Johnson instead of letting him go to the Washington Commanders. Victor Maldonado says, man, I blame Campbell for that loss. I'm gonna ask you in the chat. How do you feel about that? Do you agree or disagree with Victor here? Is this on Campbell? Is this loss for the Lions that we just witnessed just now? Is it on Campbell? Let me know in the chat. I was going to save it until the end of the show, but I know it's in everybody's minds right now, right? The game just ended. For those of you who are tuning in after the live stream, we are live right after the game was over. Uh, C-Loss here says, Campbell still didn't learn can't be always super aggressive on fourth 
Sometimes you need the points to stop momentum, but drops really lost this one. Katharina says she agrees. Frederick disagrees with the take. Uh, clearly here says, hell yes, it's on Campbell. Al Walton says disagree. Dano says Campbell absolutely on him. Jay Recruiter says Campbell destroyed all momentum. I have mixed feelings. I'm going to tell you that right now. First and foremost, to me, it's always, you know, you always need to get started with the math, right? Does the math back it up? Now, I'm not saying the decision should be 100% based on that, but it should matter. That is one of the first things we should look at. And the math justifies it. If you look at Ben Baldwin's bot that calculates like fourth down probabilities and all that, both times the recommendation was to go for it. And keep in mind, the execution of the place was terrible. Like we're talking about costly drops on those fourth down situations, specifically the first one. Second one, not as much, but I would argue Jared Goff needs to, needs to uh, step up in the pocket against that pressure and just let it rip. It's a mesh concept underneath. And he rolls right, and the play is dead right there, right? Now, I understand. I understand, like, this whole idea to bash him after the game was lost in big part because of what happened with those fourth down decisions. But I'll argue this, and I think Cowboys fans might resonate a little bit with this one. I spend every single day since the wildcard loss to the Packers for the Cowboys, every single day bashing head coach Mike McCarthy for deviating from what he did right all regular season that then got him to the postseason. He deviated from that when the games mattered a little bit more, right? Because it's, it's do or die football in the playoffs and it backfired enormously. This was Dan Campbell sticking with what has made the Lions the Lions. You can talk about the, the Cowboys game and how it didn't work out for them in week 17, but you can also point out to many other times during the regular season where this aggressiveness actually worked out well for Detroit. Now, I'm not talking about being behind on the scoreboard and trying to bounce back. I'm talking about the same situation that the Lions were in today where they are with working with a lead and they're still being aggressive. That's what got the Lions here. That's what got the Lions to the NFC Championship game. And that's what got them very close to Super Bowl 58. I'm, I'm fine if he tried to be what he is in this football game and try to go for it in that situation because that's what got Dan Campbell here. So I do agree that there's a, a very large room for debate here uh, where I understand the case for kicking the, the field goals and taking the points and specifically the first one, right, where he could have made it a three-possession game instead of a two-possession game, right, uh, after failing the four-down conversion. But I also look at the execution of it and I'm like, the first down was right there, and they moved the chains on that one, and we are we are all praising him right now. So I understand being against it. Not gonna say that I don't see the case against, but I also view it from that lens where I'm like, man, the Cowboys regret it 
deviating from what they wear as a team in the regular season, I'm fine with the Lions being like, you know what? This is who we are. This is what we're going to do. Let's go for it. But the Lions crumbled, man. They collapsed. They collapsed under pressure on this game. I, I feel like a lot of times people overblow the storyline of uh, of the lights brining too, sh- uh, too bright for, for a team. But I think that's exactly what happened now for Detroit, especially when the game is suddenly 24-24. The pressure then got to them very, very strongly. And man, that is one of those things that you hate to see. The Niners are going to the Super Bowl. They're going to be facing the Kansas City Chiefs. They pulled it off, man. Patrick Mahomes and company. We'll talk about that more uh, later today. But ladies and gentlemen, uh, before we fully dive into the championship games, uh, you know, I, I couldn't help myself. I wanted to dive right into the Dan Campbell debate because I think it's a very strong one. And I'm sure that's going to give us days words of, of conversation. But I wanted to start us off with a little bit of um, Cowboys talk here on the show because Last night, 10 p.m. Central, you might have been chilling with family. You might have been chilling with your friends, with your significant other. You might have been playing video games by yourself or watching TV. You might have been watching uh, the Lakers in Golden State going at it. And then suddenly at 10 p.m., news drops about Kellen Moore signing with the Philadelphia Eagles as offensive coordinator. And I thought immediately, man, we have something interesting to talk about tomorrow on the show. So big news, obviously, for the NFC East, especially for the Eagles as they try to rebuild this coaching staff that really underwhelmed in 2023. You look at the Eagles and the reason why they struggled so much, and I think it all boils down to the fact that Brian Johnson was not Shane Steichen on the offensive side of things. And Jonathan Gannon, you know, was also kind of a downgrade going from him to Sean Desai on the defensive side of things. And that really allowed for that Eagles collapse late in the season after a strong start. Obviously, the Cowboys, who were on the rise, took advantage of that, won the NFC East, had home field advantage in the playoffs, What they did with that is not what we're going to be talking about today, right? But as we go on to 2024, right, whether we like it or not, Cowboys and Eagles, that conversation goes hand in hand. And this is not me trying to make this an Eagles show or anything like like that, but it matters a lot for the Cowboys storyline this year. Uh, Kellen Moore joins the Eagles as offensive coordinator. He's going to try to fix whatever that was with with. Brian Johnson calling the plays in 2023. And my question from me to you is, what is one word to describe Kellen Moore going to the Eagles? And if you believe that, hey, should Cowboys Nation fear his return? Because I'm going to say right off the bat, man, it's going to make for some fun drama, like some soap opera type content here. We couldn't, like, we couldn't... uh you couldn't have been more excited about a week six showdown against the AFC LA Chargers during the 2023 season just because Mike McCarthy was going to face Kellen Moore, right? We, th- that was the storyline in that week for the Cowboys. And that was after losing to the San Francisco 49ers in a huge way. And all we could talk about was, oh my God, McCarthy versus Moore, who's going to win? 
And we discussed that at length when that happened. Now it's in the division. Now it's going to be twice a year, at least for 2024, because, hey, Kellen Moore might be in the hot seat right away just because Nick Sirianni's coaching staff might be in the hot seat right away. And then Mike McCarthy is obviously already in the hot seat. And I've seen all sorts of takes about this in particular. Like I've seen people on Twitter, on Facebook, everywhere. I've seen takes going from, oh man, the Eagles are about to find out that Kellen Moore is hot garbage to... Oh, man, Kellen Moore is back in the NFC East, and he's going to make us pay, and Dallas will be in misery for the next three decades, right? So I, I've seen everything as a reaction to the Kellen Moore news, and I'm wondering how do you guys feel about it, and then I'll give you my take, of course. Let me see some of your comments right now here. Uh, one word to describe the news. Oh, man, toxic, says Cowboys by nature. Desperate, says Gregory. Gunnar says Kellen's gonna make it's gonna try to make Jalen into a passer. And I'm not sure if that is a good thing or bad thing. Uh like the way that you're you're saying it, Lunar. So I'm guessing a bad thing, but I'm not entirely sure. Solid Dog says, I'll just say have fun with those option routes, Jalen. Victor says Kellen Moore is gonna make Hurts even worse. Car Greg says Bruce. That is his one word. I like it. I would take this toxic joy about uh uh, toxic Bella here, Joey Bella. Uh, Florida says meh. That is his Florida Florida reptiles answer is just meh. I'm gonna I'm gonna say something here. I'm gonna say something here, and I hope it doesn't come off as controversial. But I think, and I've thought this for a while. And if you guys watched primetime when the Cowboys parted ways with Kellen Moore, you know that it's consistent. You know that I'm not saying this just for the content or or any of that. But I do believe it is way too early to hop off Kellen Moore's bandwagon. I do think that. And the reason for it is that we've seen so much good stuff from Kellen Moore. Now, I'm not going to say that he's a perfect coach or anything like that because I would be straight up lying to you. There are problems. Specifically, there are tendency problems. You've heard it already, right? Like curl routes, stop routes. We've seen too many of those. We've seen Kellen rely a lot on that sometimes. We've also seen Kellen Moore. This is more recent in his 2023 season with the LA Chargers. We saw him fail to get a running game going. They were dead last in the NFL in several rushing statistics. And I'm talking about just before Justin Herbert's injury, because obviously after Herbert went down, Everything changes. You're playing with a broken offense at that point as Easton Stick quarterbacks your unit. That's a whole different conversation. But before Herbert went down, they had a very pass-happy offense. They were sixth in the league in pass happiness per Ben Baldwin's stats. And then you look at what they did in the run game, and it was ugly. Like, there was nothing positive about it. It was one of the worst units per EPA per play, one of the worst units Per uh, success rate, everything basically was down. However, this is still the coach that in four seasons under, you know, in four seasons leading the Cowboys offense, ranked second in total offense. This is yards per game. Scoring wise, he had the fourth best passing offense. This is yard wise. Rushing offense, the same. 
And the thing is, if we that, that's just like the traditional stats. But if we were to look at Kellen's advanced metrics, it would be a whole lot more of the same, right? He did lead one of the best offenses in the league when he was in front of the Cowboys. You look at his red zone work. Now that I remember, like, I don't even have my notebook here. I'm saying all of this by memory. But if you look at his red zone offense, he was number one in 2022 running the Cowboys. He was number six in 2021. And then 2020 is different, obviously, because of the Dak Prescott injury. But even in 2019, he was around league average. The same for 2023 with the Chargers, even counting the weeks where they didn't have Justin Herbert. So it isn't like that is a weakness for him uh, also. And Kellen Moore, I think, and this is this has been clear even when he was in Dallas, he's a great play designer. And his offense is actually pretty well built. There are things that work off of each other. The run game and the passing game is married when you look at Kellen Moore's offense and the details of it. So we're not talking about somebody that doesn't know how to build an offense. We're talking about somebody that actually does it pretty well. I, I agree with you on the tendency issues, right? There are too many stop routes. There have been times where he fails to have this thing that he can lie back or lean back into when things are going wrong. I've talked about that a lot with Kellen Moore, especially when he was with Dallas. Like if things are not going his way, there's not like this button that he can that he can turn to where all right, we're going to run a lot of inside zone or something, right, and make it work that way. It won't happen uh, with Kellen Moore, or maybe it will at some point, but hasn't uh, yet. But Kellen Moore is still a very good coach, in my opinion. Uh, I'm excited about seeing, like, my objective self is excited about seeing what he can do with the Eagles. And I'm intrigued about several things. Number one is the running game issue that he had in L.A. cannot happen again in Philly. Because if you're going to coach the Eagles offense, then you you better be ready to make it work on the ground because that's what Phil is going to want to do, right? And he's going to call the plays likely and all that, right? It's likely he's going to call the plays. But Nick Sirianni and his coaching staff, they're going to be like, we want to run the ball. And if you have Jalen Hurts, you want to run the ball because he is a weapon as a, as a runner, right? And you have that plus one factor to your whole offense, when you're attacking via the ground, I'm excited about the note, the idea of, hey, they he does like duo, right? He does like getting those double teams up front and being a physical rushing offense that way. And that's going to fit very well into the Eagles culture, right? It's not going to take a whole lot to be like, you know what? We're going to run a lot of duo, right? So that's going to work. I do think he can improve Jalen Hurts as a quarterback. I do think he can maybe unlock a, a little bit of a new level for him. The same for the passing game, which had a lot of issues under Nick Sirianni and even under Shane Steichen before he left for Indianapolis. And what I mean here is they didn't have a lot of plans to counter pressure, right? So if they had blitz blitzes from the opposing defense, a lot of times the Eagles just froze a little bit. And either they had an RPO to answer that or they had a screen to answer that, but they didn't have a lot of, you know, uh, hot routes or side adjustments or other things to work off and have answers for Jalen Hurts. I think Kellen Moore can provide that just because he is that coach that is very focused on details, 
that the coaching circles really like him for the way that he teaches the offense. And it's no secret that on league circles, Moore is still widely regarded as a rising candidate. He might have not been getting like all of these head coach interviews in 2024. However, man, this is somebody that still you've got NFL insiders and anonymous scouts and anonymous coaches being like, oh, yeah, he's still seen as a rising star, right? Leaves the Cowboys is hired within 12 hours by the LA Chargers. Jim Harbaugh takes over the Chargers now and he's hired almost immediately by the Philadelphia Eagles as well. So I do think, I don't think he's somebody that you should fear, right? As a Cowboys fan, I don't think it's somebody that we want to fear or anything like that. But I sure as heck like Kellen Moore, way more than Brian Johnson. And I do think this is a positive hire by the Eagles. Now, it's also a little bit of a ballsy hire by Nick Sirianni and, and front office because similar to what we talked about with Big Fangio, I think that Sirianni, in the season that his seat is the hottest, he is building a staff with candidates, with head coaching candidates, right? So he's got Big Fangio coaching the defense. And if he wants to, Big Fangio could rise again as a, as a head coaching candidate. I'm not sure he wants to, though. And with Kellen Moore, it's the same, right? Kellen Moore, if Nick Sirianni ends up being out of there, Kellen Moore might rise as a head coach candidate and he might be the in-house replacement for Nick Sirianni. So I think for Sirianni to accept that type of a structure in his coaching staff and basically getting like this all-star type of coordinator built, and with that I mean not promoting from within, but instead going out there and having hotshot candidates for coordinator positions and having them brought into the building, even if they don't maybe share the same philosophies, right? Because the language, for example, for Kellen Moore is not going to be the same language that they've got going on in Philly. So they're going to have to adjust that. And I kind of like the idea of having this all-star coaching staff build to you. Uh, now, again, not going to say that it's something that Cowboys fans should fear, not even sure if it's something that's going to sway the division in their favor. But I do think the Eagles got a, a positive upgrade at their coordinator positions entering 2024. Let's see what you guys have to say, though, here in the chat. Florida says, I don't know if you want Jalen throwing 40 times a game. And that's something that you don't want. I agree. Like, and I'm not sure it will be that way. Like, I know with Justin Herbert and even with Dak at some times, like, you know, you had better quarterbacks. I do think them two are better than Jalen Hurts. Just specifically talking about how they play quarterback. They're better than Jalen, in my opinion. I think Kellen Moore is going to be able to find a way to adjust to that, though. I, I don't think he's going to want to go in there and treat Jalen Hurts as, as, as Justin Herbert. I don't think that. Uh, Riku says, F the Eagles, Mo. <laughs> uh, Sirianni, another puppet for Jeffrey Lurie, Sister Nard Madry here in the chat. Having Nation says, there is a reason. Even the Chargers let Kellen Moore go. The man is bad at his job. And this is, this, is a, this is something that I also wanted to bring up, actually. If we're being completely fair, and if we're looking at it from an object, objective point of view, both departures from Kellen Moore from the last two teams that he's been on, Cowboys and Chargers, 
it would be unfair or we would be remiss if we called it like, you know, oh, they let him go just because, right? In Dallas, it was mostly about, you know, Mike McCarthy won a Super Bowl calling the plays and we want to give it a shot. Whether you like that reasoning or not, that was what the Cowboys were doing internally. And Mike McCarthy was maybe looking for the scapegoat and he was like, you know what? Let me call the plays. Let me run this offense and, and trust me, right? Buy into me, as he said to us a year later, buy into us, right? For the Cowboys offense. But it wasn't like, oh, Moore, you suck. You're out of here. It wasn't really like that. Kellen Moore also with LA, it isn't like that either, in my opinion, right? They fired Brandon Staley. They're looking for a new head coach. They want to bring a new culture. If you go out there and you get Jim Harbaugh and you want him to coach your team, you cannot do what the Cowboys did when they brought in Mike McCarthy when they were like, oh, yeah, but, you know, Kellen Moore is going to call the plays. If you, if you want this job, Kellen Moore is going to be your offensive coordinator. You cannot do that with somebody like Jim Harbaugh. Like Jim Harbaugh was always going to bring somebody in that wasn't currently in the building for such a position because he wants to coach his style of offense, but mostly he wants his staff. What Jim Harbaugh is great at is building staffs. And, and I do think it's a different context than to just say, oh man, the Chargers let him go. Like, yes, Javi, you are right, but... I also think the context is important to have that discussion. That's the way I see it. And sidebar, very excited about how the whole Jim Harbaugh storyline plays out in LA. Like him coaching Justin Herbert is going to be interesting to me because it's not like Harbaugh has coached a lot of top-tier quarterbacks. Like you could argue that between, like um, among all of the QBs that he's coached, the best one he's coached since Herbert has been, what, Andrew Locke in Stanford? I would make that argument. Hell yeah. And I like Alex Smith. Calling Kaepernick era was fun. But man, he hasn't coached a lot of like big time elite quarterback types other than Andrew Locke in college and now Justin Herbert in the NFL. Not saying that Justin Herbert is elite per se, but he is maybe athletic, athletically speaking, he definitely is one of those dudes, right? Uh, but anyways, ladies and gentlemen, let's move on a little bit here on the show. Killing Moore going back to the Eagles. Killing Moore in the NFC East. We'll see how that all plays out. And we will likely be talking about it a little bit more uh, in the future. But for now, we can close that book and move on a little bit here to our championships reactions. Uh, we already talked a little bit about Dan Campbell. Uh, Dan Campbell going for it on for it down instead of taking the field goals. Let's talk about the first game that we witnessed today. Let's talk about the Chiefs beating the Ravens. I thought it was going to be Baltimore, man. And, and I hate myself for picking the Ravens now because I, for a long time, I've always been like, hey, if it's a close game, I'm picking the Chiefs. I don't care. They've got the best coach slash quarterback. I'm always going to trust them in a tight spot. But I went against my own words this week and I picked the Ravens to win it. But... As much as I like Andy Reid, as much as I like Patrick Mahomes, and as much as I love the fact that Travis Kelsey showed up for this game, I think the real MVP, the real MVP for that game 
that the Chiefs won 17 to 10 is this man right here, Steve Spagnuolo. Man, he had Lamar Jackson shook. Lamar Jackson ended up with a 75 passer rating. He completed only 54% of his pass attempts. Got his numbers right here. Averaged 7.4 per attempt, which is not necessarily terrible. One touchdown, one interception. But when you say, hey, 272 yards, that's all fine and well. But 54 of those yards came basically in one play because his longest pass was 54 yards long. And it was early in the game to save flowers. Man, a disaster for the Ravens. Five catches, 115 yards, possibly a game of the week type candidate if it hadn't been for an unnecessary roughness call that he had on him, which, man, you know, it's it's dumb. I don't think the NFL should call those plays, those taunting plays, but you should know the rule. And, and Save Flowers did go a little bit over the top with it. I still hate that the flag was thrown. I wish in my perfect world those flags wouldn't be thrown, but hey, they are, and Save Flowers had to know that. But Mahomes and the Chiefs did it again, man. Steve Spagnuolo blitzing the heck out of uh, Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. Now, I'm not entirely sure about the numbers. Maybe it wasn't even like that many blitzes, but they were surely effective, right? Justin Reed blasting through the B-gap. And I think that's what Steve Spagnuolo does great. Like he can get pressure on you, but when he's blitzing you, he's blitzing you from the inside. He's not trying to necessarily catch you off guard with a wide blitzer, and he can do that when it's needed, but he finds that way to get to the quarterback quickly because he's very good at setting up those overload blitzes where he's threatening the inside of your offensive line, specifically the B gap. And while he's doing it, he's not playing with one safety up high like most of the blitz-happy teams do it. Like most teams that are super blitz-happy with you, they're going to have one safety up high instead of two. Steve Spagnuolo does not care. He has two safeties up high, and he's blitzing you. So you have little time to throw the ball, but you cannot go deep anyways. And, and it's it's exotic, man. There's a lot of safety rotation. Steve Spagnuolo had a tremendous game plan this time around. Even though he had over 50 rushing yards, I think Lamar Jackson wasn't really that big of a threat with his legs in this game. I think Lamar Jackson entered this game trying to silence all of the postseason criticisms, just like Dak Prescott, honestly. And just like Dak Prescott, he didn't do a lot to silence those criticisms. Uh, instead, I think he actually reinforced them uh, with his game today because he was disappointing. Now, as far as Spags goes, and, and I wanted to talk about that a little bit here, that Hall of Fame type game plan that he had today should not be forgotten, man. He shut down one of the most efficient offenses in the NFL that have a lot of answers. And I think that's what excites me about this game specifically. We've seen the Ravens find answers to heavy blitzing teams like they did in the divisional round versus the Houston Texans. We've seen them throw the ball deep. We've seen them uh, lean on quick game. We've seen them go back to their rushing heavy games like when Greg Roman was calling the plays for the Baltimore Ravens. And none of that seemed to work these days specifically. The Ravens went 3 for 11 
on third down. They got to the red zone once, didn't walk away with a touchdown. You see Steve Spagnuolo, and this is the same guy that coached the Giants' defense when they stopped the undefeated 2007 Patriots in the Super Bowl. Steve Spagnuolo, man, one of my favorite coaches, had to shout him out. That's my biggest takeaway from that game. Chiefs and Chiefs are going back to the Super Bowl, man. It's insane. Fourth time in five years. Two other teams have done that. Two other teams have done that. One is the New England Patriots. They did it between 2014 and 2018. And the other is the Buffalo Bills, who are a whole different story because you know how that went for them. And boy, oh boy, you specifically, you hearing these Cowboys-based show know specifically what I mean with that. But still, uh, a massive achievement. Patrick Mahomes is in this discussion where even though you have a quarterback with seven rings in NFL history, people are already like making the case for Patrick Mahomes to be the GOAT. And I understand it. I understand it. Because, man, the way that he plays the position, oh, boy. It's just it's just awesome work from Patrick Mahomes. So I, I, I do think he's in that discussion. I will say that. Not sure if I would put him above Tom Brady yet just because of longevity. But if he does what he's been doing so far for another 10 years, I don't see how he doesn't end up being the GOAT. So Patrick Mahomes is awesome, man. He's going to another Super Bowl, fourth in five years. We'll see how it all goes for him. The Niners opened as favorites, by the way, two points. Anthony's pointing that out in the chat right now. I'm not sure how to feel about that just yet. Like, I gotta, I gotta, you know, slip slip for one night and then check back in the morning. But my impression right now is like, man, the Chiefs, the Chiefs might do it again. Like, I, I know the Niners are like this super explosive team everywhere, and they've got a tremendous offense filled with playmakers, and one of them is going to raise his hand at one point in the game, like Christian McCaffrey did today at one point. Brandon Ayuk did it another. You have Jennings going up in the air and making a heck of a contested catch, and it's just so much talent that you just know somebody is going to stand up and rise to the occasion. What about Cal Jushik going Santonio Holmes on the sideline as a fullback, making a great catch, arms fully extended, toe-tapping the sideline like Santonio Holmes. He, he wasn't in the end zone, but it was still a heck of a catch, especially for a fullback who earlier in the game was like 20 yards downfield working the scramble drill with Brock Purdy. And I'm like, isn't that dude a freaking fullback? It's a fun offense. Let's give them that. Uh, I think right now, though, I would lean towards the Kansas City Chiefs just because of uh, that. I'm not sure. Like, I'm not sure Brock Purdy can survive. Like, the steep back Nolo looks that we just talked about, right? All of that safety rotation and making him win the game, not going to be easy. Let's see what you guys have to say, though, in the chat. Katharina says Jalen Hurts isn't crap the way he's been playing the last few games this past season. And I, I think Jalen Hurts is not a bad. I don't think he's great either. And I do think he was widely overrated after his Super Bowl run with the Eagles. But I'm not sure he's also like, you know, a bad quarterback. I wouldn't put him in that space. Because, you know, the running game, 
also factors into his evaluation. Right? Like if we're talking about purely his passing, then we can have another conversation too. But I also got to consider what he means as a rusher, because as long as the offense is built to Fisher that, then I'm fine with factoring that into the conversation. But he was overrated for sure after that uh, Super Bowl run. Dano says, our problem is not where Kellen Moore goes. Our problem is that we have a coach. Uh, play is in the 90s, says Dano right there. Bruce says, Mahomes is the baby goat right now. Shenard says, how much would it cost to get SPACs over here, says Shenard. I think it would be impossible. I saw a tweet from Greg Rosenthal today that made me laugh a lot, where he was like, part of the Chiefs' secret sauce is that since Pagnuolo went 10 and 38 when he was a head coach, he's not going anywhere. Like he's not getting head coaching interviews, even after so many successful years as a defensive coordinator. So I don't think he's up for grabs, right? Maybe in a world that Andy Reid retires, I guess, but also with the way that that defense is built, this is a defense that the Chiefs build uh, with a lot of draft picks, right? Like, Think about their players right now. And you got LeJerry's Sneed draft pick recently. Trent McDuffie, the same. Dursh Kerlaft is the same. Nick Bolton, the same. Like, this is a defense that is blossoming because he's using the same concepts that he's used for years, but now he has the talent to really show it off. And shout out to Cody Alexander, Coach A, who runs uh, the match quarters sump stack. It's a must read. If you are into X's and O's, really recommend that he recently had an article talking about like the way that the Chiefs built their blitzes and he was pointing all of this out. He was like, hey, this is the same stuff he's done for a long time, but now he's got the type of players that can really show off his ideas. So I'm not sure that Spagnuolo to anywhere is a possibility right now. I think he's firmly... He is firmly set in, in KC. So I wouldn't I wouldn't see that uh, happening at all. Uh, Anthony says KC will be playing away again at the Raiders' home. Oh, man. And, and people are going to go wild about the whole Taylor Swift stuff. Man, my recommendation, if you're not into the Taylor Swift cut-ins in the TV broadcast, just be okay with it. It's It's literally a few seconds. And if they're not cutting to her, they're cutting to a random fan in the stand. So, hey, it's not that big of a deal. That's just my recommendation here. Friendly one. Katharina says, Cowboys, we will never fear. Uh, Cowboys will never fear. Uh, Kellen Moore and Kane Brake says, why worry about Moore? He's not our headache. I understand that for sure. Still think it was relevant to talk about it. Because, hey, we are in a division where the Eagles are your biggest rival. And there's nothing wrong with saying that. And, and breaking that down in the show here. But I agree. I'm not going to say that it's a big fear. I'll say, though, that the Eagles did improve with that a coaching hire. So, hey, that's that's all we're doing in the offseason, you know, talking some ball every single night when we get here to talk in primetime. With all that being said, ladies and gentlemen, that will be it for me tonight. Uh, late show, of course, because we got off to a late start with the championship game running a little bit longer than I thought. But now, oh, what's, where's the beat? There's a bit. Now we get ready for the Pro Bowl games. <laughs> Two more weeks until the Super Bowl. We're going to have some fun here every single night, Sunday through 
Thursday night, 8 p.m. Central. You can find me here on Primetime. Do me a favor and hit the like button for me if you enjoyed the show. Thank you so much, and I'll see you tomorrow. Have a great start to the week. Thank you for taking the time to listen to Primetime. Bye-bye.